Adventures cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. What'd you tell my kid, huh? Oh, basically, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Well, I'll tell you why. Companionship, warmth on a cold night, someone to share your old age with. You think you should marry her? I thought we were talking about a cow. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and returning to the show this episode from the Star Joe's podcast dedicated to a whole lot of 1980s properties that I love, please welcome John Thurman. How's it going, John? Ryan, it's great to be back. Thank you for Doing coming well. back. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I get to talk about Cheers. I talk about G.I. Joe and Star Wars and HR stuff with everybody else. I get to talk <laughs> Cheers with you. or it, you know, It's a great thing. As we were just discussing before uh, before the episode started, it's been pretty much like 11 months uh, right? since the last time about. <laughs> yeah. um, and boy, what an 11 months to chronicle if we were to do so. so. Um, Indeed. That Indeed. is certainly the type of year that would make you want to pull up to the side of a bar and just kind of lose yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting. It makes you realize uh, just how how fortunate we are to have access to these things that we care about so much. Mm-hmm. I was kind of remarking to my wife tonight that my younger boy, one of his favorite TV shows from when he was a kid, is already relaunching. So you're talking ten years later. We didn't get that. <laughs> wow! Uh. Uh, but it's it's so funny to see. And so here he was as a you know eight or nine year old, and now as an eighteen year old, getting to watch it again or doing something <laughs> like that, and yet. My wife and I sat down to rewatch this episode of Cheers, and we laughed. I laughed just as much as I ever would, mm-hmm. and I think it was, it's a nice to nice to be able to do that and as as quickly and ex- with as much accessibility as we have. It's a great thing. Yeah, and with with all of the new options via streaming and everything, there there was I, I will like there was a lot of great content that was pushed out in the past year. Oh, absolutely! I felt like I deliberately avoided a whole lot of it because like this past year, I just wanted the comfort food of TV. Shows. I did not want to invest. Like I have heard about some great TV shows and great like made for Netflix movies and stuff like that. And as I hear the plot described, I'm like, that sounds really good and also really really dark. Maybe I just want to rewatch an episode of The Simpsons instead. And make myself feel better. So. I, I agree. I will tell you though, knowing that you're a fellow comic book nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new series Modoc is fantastic. I've heard great it. things about that. I haven't watched it yet, it, but I've heard great things. It looks it looks fun. Yeah. If you like Robot Chicken, you'll love it. Yeah, I yeah, I, sure. I absolutely adored it. It was well worth the time. I, I, yeah, and I saw <laughs> I saw the preview for it, and I was like, mm, I'm liking this. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, let's get into the episode that we are here to talk about, which is the fourth episode of Cheers's fourth season, titled "The Groom Wore Clearasil." This episode is written by Peter Casey and David Lee, directed by Jim Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, October 24th, 1985. 
Carla's oldest son, Anthony, is obsessively in love with his girlfriend, Annie. Carla is determined to break them up, believing they are too young, only 16 apiece, for any kind of major romantic commitment. Carla asks Sam to take Anthony out for a wild night on the town so he can see how great the swinging single life is. Sam does so, but Anthony is unimpressed by Sam's relentless efforts to pick up more women. In fact, it seems Carla's plan backfires when Anthony wants to marry Annie. Carla, believing that any man descended from her ex-husband Nick will eventually reveal his true sleazy nature, negotiates with Anthony for more time. If he and Annie can stay apart for two weeks, Carla will sign the consent form allowing them to be married as minors. Two weeks pass, and it seems that absence has made their hearts grow fonder. Until Anthony gets a look at Annie's cheerleader cousin, Gabrielle. He stops Carla from signing the form and walks off, flirting with Gabrielle, leaving Annie stunned and rejected. Carla, knowing exactly how she feels, offers some perspective. In a subplot to the episode, Diane interviews for a part-time job as a teaching assistant at the university. When she finds out her former lover and almost husband, Sumner Sloan, wrote her a letter of recommendation, she freaks out and offends the professor, nixing any chance of getting the job. In yet another subplot, Cliff has grown a potato that he thinks looks exactly (laughs) like former President Richard Nixon. So, <laughs> a lot going on in this episode, but John, uh, you wanted to talk about this one. Why is that? First off, because there's all this silliness going on around the main story. I went back, and as we were watching it, I, I remembered – I don't really remember the Tortelli show very well. I know I watched it, but I don't think it's anywhere available. I've always been blown away, though, by the actor that played Anthony because mm-hmm. he is Dan Hedaya's clone. <laughs> yeah. it, it, his – that that guy being able to pick up the mannerisms and the and the dialect, it's such a scream just listening to him and and you just see it's it's young Nick Tortelli hitting on Carla. It it was it, oh, it's so great and it's also very interesting. This is one of those this is one of the first times I really thought about the fact that we see Sam the guys at the bar obviously you know he's their hero. But other people see that, man, his life isn't necessarily that great. Mm-hmm, yeah, it depends on what you want he, out of life. Yeah, exa- yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody else put sugar in root beer before. Oh, God, two, <laughs> two full spoonfuls of sugar in root beer. And- <laughs> I did not remember that until I rewatched it. But that uh, that was quite striking. I, I think I reacted the same way Ted Danson did when he does that. I just kind of like like flinched, like, huh, seriously? Um, actually, the the root beers reminded me of something because he does that, and then later on, Carla pours herself and Annie a root beer as just as the episode is ending when she's giving her her three pieces of advice about Tortelli men. Um, the thing about the root beers is, and this reminded me, uh, there was a meme going around maybe a month or two ago, like everybody on Twitter shared it with me. Like everybody's like, Ryan, this is Cheers related. You got to see it. And it was basically something where they were saying like the Cheers bartenders poured the worst beers, like the worst oh, possible beers. And it, they had like three or four. out of a bottle either. <laughs> they, yeah, they poured like three or four. They had three or four pictures of, of mugs of beer that were like 50% foam. It was just like all head and everything like that. And I noticed that when Carla does the same thing with the root beers. I'm like... I think there's more head on that, more foam than there than there is actually like drink. So, yeah. 
to, to your original point, like I, I completely forgot, and I really wasn't sure what to expect. And and this is this is the first episode where we really see any of Carla's adult children. Um, and certainly her children will kind of dominate a lot of the, the latter half of the series, uh, and we'll meet we'll meet all of them. And we saw like very like in like the home movie thing that Coach shot like after Lucia was born. We've seen some like the little babies, but. Now we actually have one of her kids as a character, and it's it's notable that it's her oldest, Anthony. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, the 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 big difference is he doesn't he's not an instant like sleazebag who's going to turn you off the way Dan Hedaya plays Nick and and the way he's written like right. d- deliberately, where you're supposed to kind of like cringe at this guy, but you're the voice. Like not quite the, the mannerism, yeah. The, the mannerism way he carried himself, yeah, the, the body language. It was there's just like an energy where he doesn't yeah. sit still. Like he's almost like, <laughs> kind of like shaking and everything like that. And just like the way he inflects on certain words, it's like, oh my gosh, did this kid just watch the Dan Hedaya episodes for like a full day and just <laughs> study this? Because this is really good from a young actor. So yeah, yeah, that was that part blew me away. Just looking at it, I was like, this is totally his son. This is weird. I read up a little bit on 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 uh, on Anthony, and he I think he was eighteen, seventeen, or eighteen when he did this. But he got his first writing credit at twenty, mm. and he's written a lot of TV since. Does yeah. I was under, but his writing credit was on the Tortellis. Yeah, uh, okay. which again I wish I could remember better. I wish it was available somewhere because I. I you know, it's a hazy mist. I, I've uh, never. Ryan, I, I, don't I, admit, <laughs> I admit, as much as I love Cheers, I've never seen the Tortellis. I've heard oh, wow. pretty bad things about it. That it was just like it, that's the, the reason that it has kind of fallen down the hole and never to be seen again is because it wasn't that good. I, I admit, I kind of want to see it as a novelty, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, the kid who plays Anthony, as we mentioned, uh, the actor is Timothy Williams. Um, he had a lot of TV appearances in the 80s and 90s, and then he was doing other stuff, too. This is his second acting credit. Um, he'll play Anthony five times in Cheers, and then he starred in the 13 episodes of the Tortelli spinoff. Um, Annie, his girlfriend in this one, played by Mandy Ingber, does re- despite the fact that it seems like they're on the outs at the end of this, she does return. She's in the exact same five episodes, so they're kind of a, a couple that like locked in, and then she comes back for the Tortellis as well. Um, but for the guest starring things, the thing that surprised me is Annie's cousin. It was not until I was prepping for this episode that I realized Gabrielle was played by my beloved Sherilyn Fenn because of the early 90s. My wife, as we were watching the credits, I'm like, that has to be one of her first credits because she was a child. Yeah. She she was so young. I I had (laughs) such a crush on her during Twin Peaks when she played Audrey. I'm there with you. As like this, the, uh, still very. I mean, she played a high schooler in that, but she was just very mature for her age and vampy with this kind of alabaster skin and these smoky eyes. I was like, oh my god, I love this girl. And to see her in this, I was like, no, that can't be. And I was, oh my gosh, it is. So uh, I, again, was, it, I, it didn't, it didn't hit me. I kept looking at her. She looks familiar. And then watching those credits and her name popped up, and I just laughed. I said, that that's got to be one of her earliest, mm-hmm. earliest credits. Yeah. Um, and then the other guest star that we get in this one is uh, the Professor Moffat that Diane interviews with, <laughs> played by John Ingle. Now, he's been in movies that I love, like Heathers. He was in Batman and Robin. He was in RoboCop 2, uh, the movie Death Becomes Her. 
tons and tons of sitcom and soap opera appearances. Lots of voice work, in particular, like The Land Before Time, that the dinosaur movie, and like apparently that had like whole series and spinoffs and other like direct to video like sequels and stuff. Um, he was in one episode of The Office where he played the aged Robert. That's right. Dunder. He was yeah. He was uh, Dunder or Mifflin. Wasn't yeah, he? he was. He was Robert Dunder, the father yeah, of Dunder okay. Mifflin, when they, they were doing this whole thing about ageism. Um, <laughs> he was born in 1928. Didn't start acting in movies and TV until 1983, just a few years before wow. this, when he was 55 years old. Prior to that, though, for about 20 years, he was teaching high school drama. So I, I just I thought that was kind of cool that he was teaching that, and then probably as he was teaching, he was kind of going out for auditions and stuff and started right. working the the later part of his life. I thought that was kind of cool. We do get this teaser; it's a really short one. Woody is happy because he's got a letter from back home in Indiana, written he says from his dog. It's actually, of course, his mom writing in his dog's voice, and. As he's kind of talking about his day, he sort of implies in no small part that he's been misbehaving and his mom is going to put the dog down and he he doesn't want Woody to be upset by that. And he, he like puts the pieces together and has to run off to make a phone call. So what did you think of the teaser? It was short, but it was uh, – Well, no, it was, it was hilarious when he you – know, of course it wouldn't – my dog didn't write it. And then he's talking <laughs> about knocking off the roast beef or whatever. And like I, I think I'm going to – they're going to put me to sleep, but that's OK. I'm OK with it and you should be too. <laughs> Norm's face just turned like, wait a minute. <laughs> so then once we get into it, actually, I, I noticed that each of the little subplots, the Diane one and the Cliff one, are introduced before we see Carla and she's talking about Anthony. But first we have uh, – Diane mentions that she's going for this interview for a teaching assistant position, so she's got to take off work early. And – the entire interview scene, like her whole little spot in the second act with the Professor Moffat, like that that could have been a contender for the home run of the episode. Yeah. Just that, that two minutes of screen time is just perfect. The way she like seems like this job is a lock. She's going to be in. And then he mentions that he got a, a glowing recommendation from Sumner Sloan. And Sam had already mentioned, he's like, don't fall into the same trick that you did with Sumner. And she's like, no, Sumner took advantage of me. My job had nothing to do with the fact that we we're lovers. And then you just see that it's like just once his name is mentioned, she just spirals out of control and she just self-destructs this thing. Well, and it, yeah, it just, it unfooled, unspooled and unspooled and unspooled and it went on and on and on. And it was, it almost got cringeworthy there. At the it end. it like, did. I did. You know, like, I'm not saying you're, you could be half the lover man. You're, oh no, you're not, <laughs> you could be with any man and just, oh, it just unfurled. I thought though the open with or when, when she's there, when Carla's not uh, tending, and she's or she's out, you know, handing out the drinks and she gets the change and she's talking about I'm a you know, I'm a machine now. And she just puts the change down at the table where the guys walk in and just pick up the money and walk out. <laughs> He's yeah. always got to sit in her space. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, who was that change for? Exactly. Those guys are just ripped her off. Like, yeah. it and, it, and it sounds like the guy who did it has a system. Because exactly. they walk right in, sit at that table. Within 10 seconds, she gave them change for a 20, and they're up and got it. And he's Darn. like, what I tell you? Always sit at her station. It's like, he's done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was it was just very odd. <laughs> you know, I figured, I thought maybe she'd get all the drinks wrong or what. You know, I know right. that happened in the past, but yeah, just they hand out the drinks and yeah, put put down the money and then yeah, I, it was. 
Mm-hmm. That, that was great. But yeah, watching her unspool in that, it, yeah, that conversation it, you, you was just see like how it, it starts crazy. off easily enough. She has to ask, well, what did the recommendation say? <laughs> what do you mean by boundless enthusiasm? She just keeps <laughs> on asking these clarifications as she's walking out and coming back in. And finally, like the door swings open. She's like, I will not sleep with you. <laughs> and then she just has to just get like foot in mouth and keeps pushing it deeper and deeper as she's, yeah, as you're right. She's like, she's like, she's like I'm sure you don't think about sex at all. Well, of course you think about sex, but you're not obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can hold your own with any with man half your age. Not that you think about young men necessarily. <laughs> it's like, and he's just like packing up his bag. He's like, "We're done, we're done." And she's like chasing him. She's like, "Not that you're flabby." Why did I say that? Right. Well, I, I love how he just was tucking things into his into his satchel, and then he's just putting books and he doesn't say anything. Just yeah. pack it up and go. But. Yeah. So then we've got the cliff of it all, the cliff subplot, where he comes in and he's he's got a potato that he grew in his own garden and he presents it and they're like, what is it? It's just a potato. And he, of course, says it's a spitting image of Richard Nixon. And I love the fact when later on when Carla walks in and he's like, he's like, Carla, I got a potato that looks like Nixon. She goes, big deal. Find me one that doesn't. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. You hear about the potato chips and things that look like the, I, I don't know where he ever got Nixon there. I like the sweat under the, under the, uh, the nose <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. The little details like his potato is going to have that. <laughs> we go, like, later on, we see him. He's on the phone. He's called the New York times to try and get them to talk, to report on it. He's like second, second. Uh, what, what did he say? Uh, second, term like, Nixon. second term, second term. <laughs> he's like this, this, he's, he says this tater is definitely feeling the strain of Watergate. <laughs> That's perfect. That goes goes with the sweat on the upper lip. <laughs> when he brings the potato back with the doll body and the little stand, or the little dais, unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's officially cracked. Yeah, and Norm- <laughs> him do a lot of silly stuff. But <laughs> when Norm takes him to the side, and, hey man, you do you know you're goofy, but this is. You need to step back and look at where you are right now. <laughs> yeah. took a, he's talking about the fact that Kent, Kent there's not as much uh, stuff available for Ken as there is for Barbie. And <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like you put a potato on the head of a doll and you <laughs> want people to know this. <laughs> I do, there, there is a line when he earlier on when he's first showing the guys maybe this will help. He puts the potato in front of his face and he does the impression. He says, "The oh, I am not a crook." And same as like that does not look like Nixon. And Woody just very straightforward staring at it like. Sure sounds like him, though. <laughs> yes. that that sort of reminded not the delivery, not the exact phrase, but that was a coach type of moment. Like yeah. that was a coach yeah. type of response. So, what I, do you yeah, what do you yeah. think of? I mean, we're we're a couple episodes into the season now, but what do you think of Woody as a character in these early parts of the season? Uh, you know, it's funny. Obviously, we see him change a lot mm-hmm. in that you know, in his time there. It, it feels like he's trying to be Coach Junior, and I'm sure they were trying to feel out like what do we do. I mean, Woody Harrel- What? How many credits did Woody Harrelson have when he started? It's not like he was a. Right. I don't want to say a known commodity, but you know, I. You, you take you take pieces and parts, and he's a simpleton. Let's face. It. I mean, that, you know, simpleton in the big city, and mm-hmm. uh, it, I, there's he has some great lines in this. You know, early on, uh, there, there's a norm line that we didn't talk about. That that's one of my favorites is when. He's drinking, you know, he gets his second beer and I think it's his second. And and he's like, how, you know, how do you do it, Mr. Peters? And he's like, it's all mirrors. I just don't look in one. That is me. I'm telling you, right. Like, I love that stuff. I, you know, I just love when he drops those those lines like that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I no, I, I think um, it took him a while to figure out, I think, what to do with Woody. And it was it was nice to see that they didn't keep him 
as such a rube. Yeah, so, like you know, that would have been. I mean, it would have been cheap for him. But as he's getting more and more successful and getting more acting credit and notoriety, obviously you're going to develop that character some way. So. Yeah, we, like except for the episodes that kind of focus on him and kind of like put him front and center, he does play the coach role of. Right. Sort of being the being the simpleton who kind of like takes lines literally or takes situations literally doesn't judge them and, and uses that to a humorous effect. Uh, so that is a lot of like his part in this is do, is being the coach type of person, even though he's from a you know a much younger and has a kind of a different perspective and sort of like the way he like when when Sam is taking out his book and everything like that and, and goes off and and Anthony is just kind of like goes off more kind of like kind of sitting and judging of Sam and Woody just very like smiling and everything he's like and he drives a Corvette Corvette yeah. <laughs> well I liked earlier when when uh, they're talking about Anthony and when he's not there and they're talking about him and I think Woody says oh like who's Nick like oh, it's his biological <laughs> yeah. father. He's like, wow, a scientist. So many great one lines in these. In this like, who's, who's Nick? That's his father. His biological father. He's like, wow, a scientist. <laughs> I love that line so much. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then Woody had like another like close to there was close to my home run. Woody is involved in some of these, so we'll come back to those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think you know, like once once we see you know Anthony and Annie and their relationship, and when. Uh, you know, Sam takes them out and everything, and they come back, and and Anthony just wants to call her right away, and and they like you know Sam so he talks to Annie and basically like, and Anthony consider yourself you know kiss goodnight, and he he's like, you know some some people like you know spend or he should yeah he shows him his little black book filled with all of his women you know alphabetized he's like some men spend their whole life with just one woman I've got three under Q. <laughs> But again, it's it, it's also interesting. So when he calls the first woman mm-hmm. and she makes the reference, to it, the, he references, oh, you're going to your first Weight Watchers session. Mm-hmm. They'd never say that now. No, no, of course. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's one of those kind of like, like when you like, yeah, that does not age well. The fat shaming. No. It's like, oh, Sam. And yeah, like how quick he is to like lie and get off the phone when he tells well, him. And, and, and I guess the second one turned into phone sex because he ends <laughs> up going in the other yeah. room. <laughs> Although before he gets to that point, he's like, yeah, Candy's like, and he's like looking at the his notes on the page. He's like, are you still interested in uh, um, hot fudge Sundays for breakfast? He's like, you're not. Oh God, I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I, I like when uh, Anthony and Annie come in and they're talking to Carla and they want her to sign the the consent form and she refuses it. And Annie's like, forget it, Anthony. Let's just go to New Jersey and get your dad to sign it. And she's like, I don't want to talk to my dad. He's a bum. And Carla, you think it almost sounds like she's defending Nick. She's like, right. don't talk to your father. Don't talk about your father that way. He's like, sorry, he's a sleazy bum. bum. And Carla's like, that's better. <laughs> so, but all the whole time he's talking, sounds just like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, of course, when they come in after the two weeks has passed, and you know he didn't do anything, and they're getting ready to sign. Carlos plead with him, and then like clockwork, girl walks in. It's Annie's cousin, and you just see Anthony's eyes lingering on, of course, Charlene Fenn, who wouldn't. But you know he starts. But he's like, "Why are we going to have your cousin over for di- for dinner or something?" And Annie knows right away. She's like, "Let's get married first, and then talk about that." And and like before that, he goes on, and I love that he goes off with her, and he's. Uh, he's like, hey, Gabrielle, do you like uh, hot fudge Sundays for breakfast? <laughs> well, yeah, and that was – I loved the reaction shots of Carla and Sam. Like, mm-hmm. at, at their, everybody else is – and Annie certainly knows too, but 
everybody realizes what's going on. Like yeah. we, you know, we we knew it, we knew it, and sure enough, it's happening yeah. right there in real time. And then he, yep. yeah, he uh, stops he stops Carla from signing the form, and he's like, "Why don't you to get some sort of? I'm gonna go, uh, you know, walk Gabrielle to her help car. Her, you know, I don't, help I don't, her find a parking spot. Help her find a parking spot. I feel bad." And she's like, "Anthony, he's like, get off my back, Anthony. It's nag, nag, nag." He walks out like totally like a day to day like Nick Tortelli thing, and I was like, "Wow, that exit." So. Uh, and then, yeah, it culminates with with uh, Carla pouring, obviously, the two worst root beers ever. <laughs> um, but at least they didn't put sugar in them. I was going to say, no, no extra sugar. No extra you. sugar, yeah. But she's like, there are three things I can tell you about Tortelli men. One, they attract women like flies. <laughs> two, they treat women like flies. And three, their brains are in their flies. <laughs> it's like, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so... Um, I, there's a great line about the cow. Oh yeah, I was going to come up with that one. For, okay, yeah. For a so home you know, run, as, as why, why buy the yeah. why buy the cow, and mm. and that leads into that whole conversation about keeping you warm and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about being married. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Can, well, she, she says, "Yeah, Carlos, like, what did you say to my son?" And he's like, "I basically told him why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free." And Woody jumps in. He's like, "I'll tell you why: companionship. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody to talk to, a warm body to have on a cold night, or something." And Norm's like, "Well, you think they should get married?" And Woody just looks at him aghast. Like, I thought we were talking about I'm a about cow. <laughs> Well, and I love that Norm does that whole bit about, all right, single guys in here, who wants to trade with me? Just for one night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm offered transportation. <laughs> and again, I think that goes back to that whole idea of Sam is deified by the regulars, but his life really isn't necessarily that great. Or to your point, it's what do people want? But it's funny that Anthony at, at 16 would be thinking about, I don't want to have that. I want to have somebody I can come home to. Mm-hmm. How about you at 16? Me at 16, I wasn't thinking, I mean – I like girls in general. I was just running around trying to chase any of them, but I certainly one thing about oh, I'll get married, right? And this is, you, yeah, you figure this is probably his first real, you know, first being in love, and you know, you know, thinking that this is the kind of thing that will last forever. And of course, no, that's. But yeah, once he starts seeing somebody other, I was like, okay, we're seeing who he's going to become. And yet, and yet, I, I mean, I did spoil it, but this is not the end of Anthony and Annie. They stick around. They're together. So. All righty. Um, for Norm's tab, uh, he was productive this episode. He had six beers, um, which brings him up to 305 for the series up to this point. And two root beers, right? I think this is the first time we ever see root beers on the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for the employee of the week, I, I, I don't know about you. I gave it to the guest. I, I gave it to Anthony uh, just yeah. be, for being able yeah. to channel – Nick Tortelli in in a way that's like not off putting and doesn't seem like a caricature and is kind of enduring and sweet in its own way. Um, yeah, I just thought yeah, uh, Timothy Williams says Anthony did a great job this one. I I wholeheartedly agree again. I was, as I sat there and especially some of the vocal inflection, I'm just thinking you could shut your eyes and you would you. I mean, I know it's not Dan and Dan, but it was amazing how he did it and that again never never real sleazy, but boy. When he flips there at the end, <laughs> taken right after his old man. Yep, yep. Um, what about for the home run, the funniest or best gag or something in the episode? What did you think? I, I'm going to go back to the sugar and the root beer. I, I <laughs> Just visually, it was so, you know, here he is talking like an adult and how grown up he is. And, he, of course, I know he's, you know, he's going to drink a root beer, but then just put all of a sudden taking the sh- and stirring it. Uh, who, who does that? <laughs> 
That's a great I, don't know, little... I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that before. I know I've seen people put extra sugar on cereal and whatever, but I don't. I can't ever think of anybody. No, I don't know I, about you, but I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that with a soda before. I don't think so, but it's such a great little detail that just feels like, yeah, of course, that's what Carla's kids would do. Right. <laughs> So, um, for mine, I think my home. I mean, the the whole thing, Diane's whole interview could be a qualifier. The whole thing yeah. with not why would you buy the cow is, is a great one. But there was an even better one. And again, it's one of those lines that comes out of nowhere when uh, Anthony comes comes back with Sam and the phone rings and it's Annie calling to talk to Anthony. And Woody picks up the phone and he's like, "Hey, some girl wants to talk to the outlaw of love." And boom, out of nowhere, you get Al at the back of the bar and him goes, she tracked me down. <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh my god, Al. And then, you know, like Sam like does his best and everything to get her to hang up and everything. He's like, eh, that's that. And Al just kind of shoots back at Sam. He's like, yeah, I owe you one, Sam. <laughs> yeah. That was great, too. That was definitely great. And, and Carla had a really great line, too, when she comes in first in that, you know, that evening for work. And it, and that talks about Diane, you know, they're saying Diane's gone for this interview <laughs> and talking about T and A. It's like, she's a big A with no T. I yeah. like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was, that was, that that was, was really solid. Yeah. All right. Any other, any other notes before we go? No, again, just super fun and kind of, kind of nice to revisit, especially with the, uh, with Anthony and knowing he'll be back. Uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, with the, I mean, there, Dan Hedaya's character, like Nick Tortelli, has is like a gravity well. When he shows up on the show, kind of everything stops and spins around him. He is such a powerful presence. So to see this basically child teenage actor come in and being able to embody some of that energy and that voice and everything, and and be kind of the the, the son of that, and and to sell it, to really sell it, it's like, wow, that is impressive. So that's. That's when when you can have a, an episode hinge on that. That's pretty good. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much, John, for being on this episode again. Where can people find you if they want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere? Absolutely. So you can hear my like I guess legit show, uh, the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, where I interview HR practitioners and people around the industry all over the globe. Uh, that's at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you may be listening to this show. And for the more fun stuff like this, uh, Star Joe's uh, Force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle, and you'll find that at starjoes.com. And again, again, I really appreciate Ryan being here, and hopefully we'll do it again. Hopefully, yeah. All right, thank you very much, and uh, thank you to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, who sponsors this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. You want me to sign a consent form? Yeah, Annie's parents already agreed to sign it, Mom. Sure, no problem. I'll sign a consent form. This is my new way of signing my name. Ma! No, you're only 16. You were pregnant when you were 16. Yeah, but I wasn't stupid enough to be married. (laughs) Come on.
on, Anthony. Let's just take the bus to Jersey to see your old man. You only need one parent's permission. Oh, forget him. My father's a bum. Hey, don't you talk about your father that way. Okay. He's a sleazy bum. That's better. 